nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Logic podcast number 898. <gasps> Zeroing in on 900. Tuesday. Oh, Flip Wilson. Yeah. yeah. See you Tuesday, August 5th, 2022. 100 degrees on this day in 1947. They had quite a nice little heat wave there in 1947. And 48 degrees in 1994 when I bet the kids weren't swimming, even though the beach at this point in summer had been kept free of weeds and algae by aquaside. I've been reading about uh, a terrible seaweed problem in the Caribbean. They need aquaside. Yeah, they do. It takes care of that stuff. Aquaside has been keeping swimming beaches free of weeds and junk for more than 60 years with a great line of uh, pond and lake control products. Uh, made right there in White Bear. They're a White Bear Lake company. The products are easy to use. They work quickly. And, yes, they're registered with the EPA and DNR, and those products are completely safe for you and your family. There's no need to have a weedy swimming area. Call Aquaside. Tell them what you're looking at, what you think the problem is. They'll help you identify that problem, get you the right products, and your place will look great all the rest of the summer long. Call Aquaside at one 800 328-9350 or go to aquaside.com And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media John Hyde in the newsroom and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. We're going to be joined today by Dan Pilla. Yes, sir. Uh, regarding the Inflation Reduction Act. Yes, sir. He knows more about the IRS than the IRS. I said to Joe Johnny earlier, I said, we better talk to Pilla because we can't figure this out on our own. We're too dumb. Well, as part of that act agreed to by Schumer and Manchin, the IRS is going to get $80 billion in new billion. money. Now, traditionally, the IRS is always begging for more money to upgrade their technology and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this seems particularly focused on their wish to uh, uh, lay down the gauntlet and go after everybody. Not just the the high buck people. They're coming well, after well, us. Well, we'll let, let Pilla explain it. Okay. Uh, I don't uh, pretend to be a tax expert. I don't do my taxes because I think that would just get me in a big, uh, big jam. I used to do them on my own and then thought, this is a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say, uh, we're, we're getting news out of uh, Europe that there'll be cold showers and no lights because Europe is uh, going to save energy as the Russian gas supply to them levels off mm-hmm. and so it's cold showers and no lights karnak the magnificent what was a saturday night score during jordy's youth but boom 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 cold cold uh, showers and no lights get it? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we also, wasn't it also in Europe where if you set your thermostat, I'm not trying to bring up the thermostat debate, but if you set your thermostat lower than 80, there will be fines and suspensions. Oh, really? That's what I read. Mm-hmm. Lower than 80. Yeah. imagine that? Jeez. No thanks. No, I wouldn't nope. like that, but 80 would feel good on a 100-degree humid day. I, I knew, but I'm not going to go I there. Knew you were gonna, I, I I'm going to start talking about it again if you don't stop. Right. <laughs> we had a shooting at the Mall of America yesterday. Sure did, Joe. And by the grace of God, mm-hmm. no one got hurt. Well, there was one person, because they were following a trail of blood. Well, according to the reports, Chris, no one was severely injured at okay. all. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe somebody got winged. Where where did you see the trail of blood? I haven't yeah, seen that. It's news to me. I read that uh, online yesterday. On, on Twitter? <laughs> Is the Mall it? of America the world's largest shopping, not the world's, uh, the United States' largest shopping mall? Could uh, we, uh, could yes. we, it is? I'm going to go with yes, but I'll, I'll check for you. Uh, there was a shooting there on New Year's Eve, and then a shooting yesterday that caused panic and chaos as shoppers fled. Those who didn't get out in time were stuck there, hiding, as the coppers locked the place down. Video taken by onlookers shows a shooting or a guy firing three shots inside a Nike store. Are you all aware of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a big deal? Isn't that a big deal? Yes. This didn't even make the front page of the Star Tribune. It's on the B section Below the fold, as we say. And I find that very curious. Hmm. Are they trying to downplay it? That's Were these, very, uh, and it happened plenty early. They should have been able to get it wherever they wanted. It's below the fold. Gunshot huh. and chaos at MOA. Hours afterward, Bloomington police were still looking for the shooter who fled on foot. <sighs> Alpha News on their Twitter account 18 hours ago did post video. Of the scene at the Mall of America. Well, the news channels last night mm-hmm. had video of the scene. Well, that's because that's where I, I thought I saw this uh, yesterday, because they were one of the first people to have this up online, the video anyway. It, it allowed me to develop a theory. Uh, a shooting at the Mall of America. Well, let me see if I can do the linking. We have a political class that is bent on socializing us and creating equity and making everyone as equally miserable. And in so doing, they've uh, arrived at a variety of public transportation sectors, for example. Uh, There's a line that runs all the way to the Mall of America. And for the most part, uh, it's been safe, but it also was a conduit for criminals to get to the Mall of America. There is talk in St. Paul of destroying West 7th Street, also known as Fort Road, to build some sort of transit uh, device to get people to the uh, mall and the airport. And and there's no need for it. It's a waste of money. So people people right now aren't able to get to the they mall? Can't, people in St. Paul cannot go to the Mall of America huh? because there's no way to get there. Except, you know, a vehicle or yeah. get an Uber. Or... But, the, but the theory I developed on the, on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life is the political class, blind to crime for the most part, continues to attempt to develop us in do, to develop culture in ways that completely ignore crime. For example, let's say Ramsey County is successful and they build this new train or 
or whatever it is they have in mind to destroy the businesses on West 7th Street. Let's say they accomplish that. And let's say gang activity, I'm sorry, group-involved individuals. Thank you. <laughs> let's say group-involved individuals uh, have another dust-up at the mall. Or, God forbid, some explosive device goes off there. Or what have you. No one will go there. So, therefore, the means you put in place to advance the idea of the culture you think we should have will prove to be fruitless because no one will use it to go somewhere where they face danger. We're seeing it right now with light rail. Right. You're seeing that right now. Go stand out here. There's a platform right outside of our building. I routinely see cars go by, and they're not even 10% full. Well, what the political class does not do is take care of what they should be taking care of. Right. Uh, this, this is almost comical that there's three shots fired during the afternoon at the Mall of America inside a Nike store. Where were the violence interrupters? Where were the community-involved activists? They're on their way. Where were the people who uh, wish to discuss uh, group-involved individuals? Where, where is all this BS that you keep layering on on top of your plans to make it sound as though you're doing something? You're not doing anything. Governor Walls, by the way, did issue a statement. He's among them. Saying, uh, this was 16 hours ago, <clears throat> tonight's violence at the Mall of America is unacceptable. These brazen incidents will not be tolerated. Hold on, I'll finish in a moment. Uh, we don't know that. <laughs> State resources are on the scene. We have offered our full support, and we will stay in close contact with Bloomington Police to apprehend those responsible. Okay, that's fine. He's not he's not lying, uh, but he... Well, he, the, he, the whole point of him saying these are unacceptable, that's fine, Tim, but these keep happening. So well, what he, do you mean they're unacceptable? Well, plus he misses the larger point, as do as as does any member of his party. You have been too soft on crime. Correct. Prosecutors have been too soft on crime. Judges have been too soft on crime. City ordinances have been too soft on crime. You keep electing people who elect the wrong You're electing the wrong people. And the people we elect, they keep trying to bring about their vision of what the Twin Cities in this case should be like. This is true the closer you get to any of the country's tallest buildings. They keep trying to bring about a vision of what they think should be like. Thus, Mitra Jalali the other day tweeting, it's her dream that Snelling Avenue would be closed. Well, my dream is that the likes of Mitra Jalali would never serve in a city council <laughs> position. Right. But the point is, they don't take care of creating an environment that would allow them to at least attempt to bring their cultural vision about. They're not trying to lay their foundations down on a safe basis. They're trying to lay it down and trying to pretend they care about the fact that people are shooting each other. And everything the mayors come up with is nonsense. It's just BS. It doesn't mean anything because, because you're too soft on crime. You don't punish people. Are they... Um to make a, a, an odd link, they're Rocco Baldelli. They're not trying to win today's game. No, they're trying to win They're trying to win the, the game five years from now. Five will get you ten that if you make an arrest in the Mall of America Nike shooting, the kid has had multiple arrests. I would 
Multiple bet, arrests. I, I would bet there's a And has never chance. suffered serious consequences. No. Mm-hmm. So it's just braggadocio for Walls or anyone else to say, we can't stand this. Of course we can't stand it, but you haven't been doing anything about it. Thus, Farm Fest, where Walls and Scott Jensen appear. And an innocent Minnesota civilian approaches the governor and said, can you explain to me why you allowed a police precinct to burn? Where was the National Guard? And Walls won't answer it because he can't. And was immediately interrupted by someone that wanted his wanted her photograph. Not taken only wanted him. a photograph taken, but then he was rescued by an aide, one of the endless aides who always have their backpack full of notebooks and laptops. Mm-hmm. And he was squired away. You're a you're a panda, Walls. You're just a panda. Because I can't say the word I want to say. Right, and I wish you would not <laughs> use that word. I'm not going to. Right. Thank you. I'm not going to. Thank you. Uh, I want to tell you about gator hooks. Oh man. He's super magnets. I might have to find myself a couple more because uh, I have one in the garage, and I'm going to need at least four or five in my garage. Well, here's the beauty of these deals. They're magnets, but they're special magnets because these guys have invented a way to make the magnet with multiple poles on it, mm-hmm. as in north and south pole. But they got an east and west pole, and they got a center pole, and they got a sideways pole. You know what they're the great for? The point being, you put the magnet on a metal surface, you can't take it off unless you flip the little re- the little release. You know what mine's currently being used as? Hmm. A bat rack for my boys' baseball absolutely, bats. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and they're coming up with endless ways to expand the absolute usefulness of this tremendous product. They're going to have these steel plates that you can put on your wall, and then you can move these magnets around to wherever you want them. They'll have baskets what a great storage idea. This uh, It's a patented magnetic technology. Because when you think of a magnet, you think of the Acme cartoon horseshoe magnet. That's right. That don't hold anything. Nope. These hold stuff. And it's got that lever mechanism to release so you can move the hooks around whenever you want and reorganize the garage. You can turn toolboxes, shelves, cabinets, workbenches, fire doors, second refrigerators, freezers into useful storage Spaces. The first time I saw it, you know what I said? What? <coughs> I coughed from the power of the magnet. Wow. I said, this is a boom. This, this is cool. Mm-hmm. This is a really, really cool idea. And uh, you can find out much more at uh, gatormagnetics.com. I would check this out. You told me you know people using them on job sites. Yeah, well, the, the next door neighbor, he said this would be perfect for a job site. You know, if you got your toolbox, whatever you got out there. He says, because if it can connect to anything uh, metallic, is that the right word? Yeah. Then it you can take it anywhere. You with know what's you. brilliant about it? What? Now that I think about it. What's that? As long as they're a client, I should do more thinking about it, shouldn't I? I but, okay. People are rarely satisfied with their organizational tasks. And in this way, you can constantly reorganize. It gives you many options, yes. You, you know what you got? Yeah. Options. Mm-hmm. It is really cool. GatorMagnetics.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. There's a guy in this country who's a income tax expert, uh, quite literally, mm-hmm. and we're lucky to have him in our midst, Dan Pilla. And Dan is fired up about the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, that really won't reduce inflation, will it, Dan? No, sir, Joe, it will not. <laughs> Uh, help us understand it. <laughs> well, well, first of all, there's not one thing in the bill 
pointed at reducing inflation. Uh, the, 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 bill is, the bill is about a $4 trillion spending bill uh, for, for, for one thing. And so uh, where, is the, where is the Treasury going to get that money? Joe, they're likely going to print it like they've been doing here for the last couple of years, which is only further inflationary, You're pumping more purchasing power into the marketplace without a corresponding increase in productivity, you get rising prices, which is why we're seeing the inflation that we're seeing today now is because we got, you know, roughly nine, eight, nine trillion dollars that were pumped into the economy during 2020 and 2021 with all this COVID nonsense. Now, the, the other part, the other part of the, the, the so-called the, the misnamed, the misnamed Inflation Reduction Act is that there's a trillion dollars, almost a trillion dollars worth of tax increases in there, Joe. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we're, we're in the midst of a, of a recession right now. We're on the threshold of a recession, even though the Treasury Department would like to rename and the administration would like, <laughs> would like to redefine what constitutes a recession. Wouldn't, Joe, wouldn't you like to, have, like to have the power to solve a problem just by redefining the words? How, 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 does that, uh, how, how great a power would that be? That would be wonderful. We, we fix the problems just by redefining what the problem is, and then we pretend it doesn't exist. They right. pulled a rookie. Yeah. They changed yeah. their D-minus to a D-plus. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yeah. Dan, you have a particular interest in the fact that the bill promises $80 billion in new money to the IRS. Yeah, that's exactly right, Joe. And, and this is something that the administration has been pounding on for, for, uh, for well, since day one of, of, of the uh, – of the Biden administration, they they want to pump eighty trillion, not trillion, eighty billion trillion. What's the difference? Right. It's, a, well, it's just semantics anymore. We'll just redefine it. Eighty billion dollars into IRS funding. Now we need to put this in perspective, Joe. The annual IRS budget right now is about twelve and a half billion dollars a year. So they want to they want to pump eight more billion per year over and above the, the normal appropriation. So that brings their appropriation to about. $20 billion, almost double their appropriation, and that'll happen every year for the next 10 years. Now, not double every year, but $20 billion every year for the next 10 years. And they, they want to use the lion's share of that money for enforcement. Of the $80 billion, about $45.5 billion would be used specifically enforcement, all right? So that's more, that's more employees, obviously, more IRS agents on the street, that's more audits, more collection, more, more litigation. That's where they're focusing this bill. And to me, this is what the outrage is. This is, this is what the disconnect is. They're only going to spend about $3.2 billion of that money on taxpayer education and assistance. Mm-hmm. Now, now, let's, now let's think about this for a minute, Joe. We've got a tax code here that consists of more than 4 million words right now. So for, for, for context, in 20, in 20 in the year 2000, so we're talking 20 plus years ago, the code consists of about 1.3 million words. Mm-hmm. So we're up to four, over 4 million now. It was changed more than 5,900 times just since 2001 alone. That doesn't even count what happened the last couple of years. And we've got, we've got people who, who are literally swept away in a sea of confusion. People can't figure out what the tax code is. The IRS can't even figure out what the tax code is. And so we've got this problem with compliance that, in my opinion, grows directly, you might even say almost exclusively, from confusion and misunderstanding, not from evasion or disregard of people's responsibilities. Mm-hmm. All right, And yet, 
the IRS is spending only $3.2 billion on education and taxpayer assistance, where they're spending close to $46 billion on enforcement. This is a disconnect. Now, here's the other part of this problem. It is well documented that the IRS collects 98% of all federal revenue voluntarily. Only 2% is collected through enforcement. Now, when I say voluntary, John, <laughs> this is... This is a little bit of a, of a of a misnomer here too, because we're not we're not talking voluntary in the sense that you know I've got a choice to pay or not pay. I've got a choice to go to the fair or not go to the fair. Gee, I think I'll not go to the fair this year. That's a voluntary choice, right? When you've got a when you've got a, the free will to choose option A or cho- option B, that's voluntary. Right. When we're talking when we're talking about the federal tax laws, we're I don't have the, an option. Yeah, you're exactly right. This is the Vito Corleone definition of voluntary. Right. Where Luca Brazzi holds a gun to your head and says either your brains or your signature will be on the contract. Right. That's what they mean by voluntary. And Jack but Benny the, would say, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but despite that, what, what, what the, the, way they def, the way they define the term voluntary is that a taxpayer, an individual, files their tax return, and pays their taxes without the necessity of IRS intervention. That's what they mean by voluntary. It's like the guy driving his car down the street at 4 o'clock in the morning, comes to a red light, there's not a soul to be found anywhere, that individual stops at the red light, the IRS would say that's voluntary. Well, that is civic responsibility. It's your duty to stop at the red light, even though, does, even if, even if, though there doesn't have to be, uh, happen to be anybody around at the, at the moment. My point is this, Joe. Where are you going to get the most bang for the buck in additional IRS spending when you got 98% of the revenue that's coming in, quote-unquote, voluntarily by people who want to comply versus 2% of the people that or two percent of the revenue that that comes in through enforcement, the better bang for the buck, most clearly and undeniably, is through education and assistance. Right. People will comply with the law if they know what they're supposed to do, when and how to do it. They nobody people Joe people don't wake up in the morning and say to themselves, "How can I piss off the IRS today?" Right. I know. I know. I'll stop filing my tax returns and paying my taxes. Right. That'll teach them. You know, people don't do that. Nope. Now, that's not to say that there's not tax criminals out there. Of course there are. I'm not naive. But the fact of the matter is there's so few and it's so far between. The overwhelming majority of people want to comply and will comply if they know what they're supposed to do. Then who do they hope to capture by going after more people? Well, if you, if you believe the party line, what they're saying is that... Uh, High-income taxpayers and corporations are the one doing all, ones doing all the cheating, and that's why the administration continues to insist that not only will its tax increase proposals not hit anybody earning less than four hundred thousand a year, but that its enforcement proposals would not hit anybody earning less than four hundred thousand a year. And it's not, it's it's absolute nonsense, Joe. It's a morass of nonsense mm-hmm. because the fact of the matter is. High-income people do not systematically cheat on their taxes. Here's the fact of the matter. The more income you have, the more you have the capacity to get the accounting talent and the legal talent you need to stay out of trouble. Mm -hmm. That's a reality. When we're talking about high-dollar corporations, for, for years, for decades, as long as I've been paying attention, the IRS has operated what they call 
their continuous audit program. So you take a company like like uh, GM, for example, right, or IBM. You know, th- th- these people file their tax returns, Joe. That the tax return is you know seven and a half feet thick, right? Of course, it's all it's all digital these days. But the right. point is this: the point is this: the IRS has auditors parked in their offices that work the examination process of these major corporations on an ongoing basis. It's not a it's not a situation where GM gets a letter in the mail and says you've been selected for audit or you know come down to our come down to our IRS headquarters in 2 weeks with your box of records. You know, that happens to Jane and Joe American, but it doesn't happen to to GM and IBM. IRS auditors are parked in those corporations, in those companies doing regular systematic ongoing reviews. IRS people go to work at the GM office to run these ongoing continuous audit programs. So to say that these corporations are cheating on their taxes is just, it's utter nonsense. It's nonsense. Are they, are they saying that the average American is cheating? Yeah, that's exactly right. When, when, you dig, when you dig into the literature deeply, and I've written about this quite extensively, you have a philosophy in the Treasury Department, inside the IRS's, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the think tank portion of the IRS, if you want to call it that. That, too, might be a misnomer, but mm-hmm. never mind that. <clears throat> The, the literature suggests that the largest component of the tax gap, about two-thirds of the tax gap, comes from small business entities. And we're talking about sole proprietorships, yep. partnerships, and S-corporations. All right? These are, by definition, mom-and-pop businesses. The vast majority of small businesses, I, I would argue that... I would argue that every single one of the small businesses out there, and let's, let's just define a small business as, as uh, businesses earning less than $5 million a year in gross sales, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just define it that way so we, so we know what we're talking about. Every single one of those business, uh, business people operate through either a sole proprietorship, a partnership, or an S-corporation. Every one of them. The IRS takes the position that two-thirds of the tax gap, that is to say the difference between what's owed and what's paid, is coming from these small businesses. So, Joe, it's the small businesses that are targeted. Now, just because you have $5 million worth of gross receipts doesn't mean that the business owners are making $5 million a year. We, we all know that. Right. right? Ex- expenses are tremendous. And the fact is that the, uh, the people that are earning over $400,000 a year are the top 1% of income earners, probably more like the top... A half percent of income earners. So the overwhelming majority of people fall into an income level that's below about 300000 a year. That's, that's about where the line is. So this is where they're going. They're going after small businesses. Now, here's the other thing, Joel, and this is very counterintuitive, but it's absolutely true, and the data supports this. In fact, I wrote an article on this that was published in, well, in, uh, in uh, National Review here, I don't know, a couple months ago. And, and it was the it was the article was titled "The False Narratives That Are Driving the uh, Driving the, the Push for IRS Funding," and and one of the and, and one of the facts that I pointed out is that the most highly audited segment of the population is the low income segment, people that are making less than fifty grand a year. Mm-hmm the highest audited segment of our individual, not business, individual population. Now, the obvious question is, well, why on earth would the IRS be chasing low-income people? Mm -hmm. The answer to that is because it is that group of taxpayers that are predominantly, probably exclusively, 
taken advantage of taking advantage of refundable tax credits. All right, most particularly the earned income tax credit. The earned income tax credit, Joe, is a refundable credit available to uh, available to individuals who fall into a low income definition. And when I say refundable, what that means is you actually get more money back from the government than you paid in in the first place. Mm-hmm. So it's a welfare program. This is what it is. Just, just, just strip away all the nonsense and call it what it is. It's a welfare program administered by the federal government through the Internal Revenue Service. The IRS administers this program. And so the largest, and, <laughs> and this is documented now in the literature, there's, there's many, many reports of the Treasury Inspector General for Tax Administration, I cite these in my article, that the highest level of tax fraud out there is with the earned income tax credit. And now this is spilling into other areas of refundable credits, not the least of which now is the additional child credit, right? This is the largest area of fraud out there because it's free money that the government is giving away to people as long as they check a few boxes on a tax form, they get this free money. Well, if the government government created the free money situation, they can't very well come back and take the money. Well, that's what they're trying to do, though, because the, because they're saying, well, gee, look at all this fraud that's going on with the earned income tax credit. You know, there's huge levels of fraud. And in fact, in, in, my, in my article, and I don't have the article right in front of me, so please forgive me for not being able to cite the exact numbers, but the Treasury Inspector General breaks down the areas of fraud, Medicare fraud, uh, Social Security fraud, and so on. Um, that the, the earned income tax credit fraud is third on the list, Joe. Mm-hmm. It's third on the list of the highest levels of fraud in the federal system. So my question is, why wouldn't the IRS be targeting those tax returns when that is the greatest level of fraud going on in the system? What's the average American supposed to do? This bill will pass, and uh, the IRS will get $80 billion in new funding. What, what are we supposed to do? I don't feel I have to do anything different. I've been honest. Well, and, and that's, and that's, uh, that's uh, uh, obviously what most people will say. And that, and that, of course, is my advice, is you need to be honest. But, but here's what the problem is. And this is where the, where the tax system and the Internal Revenue Service is so remarkably different than any other area of law in the United States. In every other area of the law in the United States, when you get sideways with the government, they have to prove you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. With the Internal Revenue Service, the IRS does not have to prove you did anything wrong. This is the disconnect in the minds of the average American. I don't have to worry about the IRS. I didn't do anything wrong. If they think I did something wrong, let them prove it. They don't have to prove it, Joe. When we're talking about a civil situation, an auditor or collection situation, they never have to prove you did it wrong. You have to prove you did it right. All right, the burden of proof is on the taxpayer. This is why so many honest people have so much trouble with the IRS going at, at, at different points throughout their lives because they don't know how to prove that they did it correct, and the IRS doesn't have to prove you did it wrong. So this, this is where all of my self-help books have come uh, into play, where I show people exactly how to prove that you did it right so you don't get sideways with the IRS. Now, I think there's another silver lining here, Joe. <laughs> um, the IRS is going to get $80 billion. 
They're going to get the money. The bill's going to go through. I agree with you 100%. Uh, I don't know what they did to flip Mansion, but they, they managed to flip Mansion. And so here's the deal. The Treasury tells us that of this $80 billion that they're going to, they're going to use, uh, you know, a lion's share of the revenue to hire more IRS personnel. The, the, the numbers indicate that they want to hire about 86,000 IRS employees. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, if they're successful in doing that, that would about double the workforce. Right now, the IRS's workforce is roughly 73,000 people. All right. They want, it, they want to double the size of the workforce. But, Joe, <laughs> I don't think they're going to be able to do that. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because they can't hire people now. Right. It, 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 between, between 2016 and 2019, those, 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 those uh, what is that, three or four, um, three or four years, mm-hmm. the IRS had, had uh, money specifically appropriated to it to hire additional workers. Uh, it was 5,000 people earmarked for this job and 3,200 people earmarked for that job and so on and so forth. You know, roughly 10,000 workers. They couldn't hire them. Mm-hmm. They couldn't hire the people. And there's a number of reasons for that, not the least of which is there's a growing number of people who simply do not want to work for the IRS. They don't want to work for any federal government agency. This is a problem across the board with government agencies. But particularly with the IRS, of 15 major government agencies, the National Taxpayer Advocate reported that IRS was 15th on the list of, <laughs> of desirable agencies where people wanted to work. And, and, I, and I think it's difficult to find American citizens who are willing to do a job that involves grinding their neighbor into dust when they don't comply with some uh, some incomprehensible tax law. I've learned only one thing. If I get in a jam, you're my guy. <laughs> well, 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 that, well, that's good. That's good. It's good that you took this away from it. Yeah. No, I'm learning a lot, but seriously, uh, this is... Uh, I, I'm suddenly feeling captive in a world I don't understand. Well, well, and that's and really, Joe, I I believe. That, now, I don't have any extrinsic evidence to prove this, okay? Mm-hmm. But but this is just my sense after forty plus years of experience in, in litigating with the IRS. I've, I've 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 represented people all across the United States in every court there is, and, and hundreds of tax court cases over the years. But I've come to believe that Congress wants the tax law to be complicated. They do this intentionally. There's a couple of reasons for it. But, but, but one of the key reasons is as long as people are confused about what the law requires of them, and as long as they don't know whether they've done it correctly, when they get involved in an audit situation, Joe, they're more likely to roll over and play dead and just turn out their pockets than they are to fight back. And this is the difference between low-income taxpayers and higher-income taxpayers, why it's just a farce to suggest that higher-income taxpayers are cheating. Because what happens is if you go through a tax audit and you can't afford you know, a hotshot lawyer or accountant right. to, to help right. you out, you're just going to roll over. Right. That's all you can do. Right. But when you, but when you can afford legal talent... You are only going to pay the tax that you owe and not any more than that. Right. And this is the fundamental difference. 88%, put, wrap your head around this, 88% of every taxpayer that goes through a tax audit ends up owing more money, right? Only 12% of the audits result in no change or a refund. 88% result in people owing more money. And yet, according to the IRS's own statistics, 
developed from their own appeals office, their audit results are wrong between 60 to 90% of the time, depending on the wow. issue you're talking about. Good Lord. Wow. Because so, you, so, you couldn't prove you did it right. Well, that's exactly, that's exactly correct. People end up owing money because they couldn't prove they did it right. And when you understand how to prove it, well, then the tax liabilities go away. And see, and this is the nefarious part of these so-called tax gap numbers. The tax gap numbers that the Treasury keeps throwing around, $400 billion in unpaid taxes, $500 billion. I mean, the number changes every day because it's just a made-up number to begin with, right? right it's just right. an estimate. So it could be anything anybody wants it to be. But where they're deriving to the extent to the extent that there's any foundation for the numbers whatsoever, they're coming from audit results. All right. So the IRS looks at these audit results and they say, well, you know, we, we put we put, uh, you know, 100,000 people through a tax audit and 88 percent of those people owed more money. And here's what the average is. And so therefore, we project that across the universe of 150 million tax returns. And we can say there's 400 million dollars out there or 400 billion out there in unpaid taxes. Well, here's what the problem is. They're not taking the numbers from the appeals office. They're taking the numbers from the auditors. Well, we already know the auditors are wrong 60 to 90% of the time. I just, I just wrapped up a case here not long ago. All right, we, and we have to wrap it up, but tell me about this. Okay. Yeah, very quickly. Taxpayer was, was small business here in the Twin Cities, uh, went through an audit. Auditor said that they owe almost 300 grand, about 280 grand. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't handle the audit, but I was called into the case. After the audit was done, I did the appeal. When I was done with the appeal... I demonstrated the taxpayer owed $1,300, not Mm -hmm. $280,000. So now, when they they do the analysis of their audit results, they're going to include that $280,000 in the tax gap, not the $1,300. Did you win, by the way? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely we won. As I said, I reduced the liability from, you know, roughly $300,000 down to $1,300. Not $13,000, $1,300. Because the auditor just simply screwed up the analysis of the documents and misapplied the law. Dan, uh, you almost provide too much to comprehend. Uh, Not to comprehend, but to to absorb. It's fascinating. We'll stay in touch. You're our guy. You're our tax guy. All right, it's my honor, Your Honor. All right, thank you, sir. Google thank Dan you. Pilla, uh, GLers, and I read will, him. Uh, it's this is all. He's the expert, and I will provide that link uh, on the Garage Logic website. You know what I was just thinking when he was citing that? That's one case. Why am I sweating right now? We're all mad, <laughs> aren't you? I'm, I'm, I'm mad. I got the flop sweats going. Well, it's like now I feel guilty. What did I do wrong? You didn't do a damn thing wrong. Neither right. did I. But you that's, must have if you feel guilty, Chris. Think about oh, this, sorry. you guys. Yeah. That's one case that he was just talking about. Mm-hmm. Think about how, how many other thousands, if not millions, of cases are out there. I don't like to think of that. Well, I do. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. Justice and the Souteray. John, you wanted to get to something and you were delayed. I, I did. I, I, I find this interesting because, yeah, I'm paying for this damn newspapers.com subscription. I thought mm-hmm. I might as well use it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you said 1947, right? Very hot. Uh, and, well, it was two days in a row for the records yesterday and today, yep. August 4 and 5. 
And today's newspaper from 1947, a big headline on the right-hand side, hottest day in six years, Bake City. Wow. And then it, it just gives all the, you know, the current uh, temps, et cetera, what's going to happen, uh, how it was hot in the entire region, 104 in Bismarck. Wow. Uh, 109 in Mobridge, South Dakota. In 1947, John. Yeah. 1947. Yeah. But then my favorite part of the story, the reason I wanted to read this to you was, Duluth, meanwhile, this is after it gives all the high temps, new paragraph, Duluth, meanwhile, reported a cool 77 degrees at 2.30 p.m. Its residents did not share in the general enthusiasm for lemonade, a want of which sent lemons (laughs) up five to ten cents a dozen in the hot localities, according to United Press. Really? Any mention of climate change, John? Uh, There's, uh, strangely enough, and the only uh, danger that happened, uh, one poor fellow was playing baseball, died of heat stroke. Oh, no. Uh, He was playing for the Sleepy Eye team at Redwood Falls, Minnesota. Town ball, yeah. Yep, and then a fella in Marshall uh, drowned as he was swimming as he was trying to cool off. Oh, my. And, uh, other than that, it's just straight reporting on what the temps were. And, you know. They had a hot stretch there in 1947. What's better on a did. hot day than an ice-filled glass of lemonade? I, like, I happen to like that I myself. I love lemonade in the summertime. We have, uh, I know, uh, Joe, you hate the farmer's markets. I love the farmer's I don't, market. I never my... said I hate farmers. Yeah, oh, I, I thought you, you said anti. you hated Aren't them. you anti You're anti-farmer. No, I'm not. Thank you. <laughs> no, anyway, I'm not. <laughs> go to the, there's one a block from my house I go to every Tuesday. They have a lemonade stand they make with real lemons. Yeah. Get but one, it's get good, one, huh? Whatever it's, whatever it's. I warm. want this off the anyway. record. Where has it ever been recorded that I hate farmers well, markets? I believe you. I, I believe like you corn and tomatoes like the next person. But I believe you once said, when Rick and I were uh, ranting and raving how much we love them, you said, well, you don't got to go to those. You can go to the store and get yourself a tomato. Well, okay. Maybe I said that, but I'm not opposed to farmer's markets. I think they're fantastic. I don't frequent them. There isn't one close to me. When you buy your oranges, are they in a bag (laughs) or a box? Uh, That's not Uh, my department. Okay. In... The news mm-hmm. brought to you by Seafoam. All right. The Mall of America reopened this morning after that shooting incident sent the mall into lockdown last night. Bloomington Police Chief Booker Hodges said the incident started as a fight between two groups at the Nike store cash register. Were, about they, were they gang members or group involved individuals? Yeah, I think group involved individuals, okay, okay. I believe. All yeah. right. One of the group-involved individuals, no, it doesn't make sense, one group left, but someone armed with a handgun circled back and fired at least three shots at the store before running away. Law enforcement placed Mall of America on lockdown shortly after the shots were fired. Bloomington police then lifted the lockdown about 5.40 p.m., although the mall was closed for the evening. Uh, No injuries reported as a result of the incident. Police say they're still looking for two suspects. Ask anyone with info to call 952-563- 4,900. All of us can say with certainty that we could have had someone right there. Sure. Someone in our families or extended families could have been right there yesterday. Someone I know has a close person in their life that works at the mall, and the response mm-hmm. from that individual was, this this is just a matter of time before this becomes commonplace. It's The mall has become... Uh, how should I say this? I don't know, a, but I, I would be careful how you say it. A gathering it. spot of youth that's not really there to spend money. And maybe they're youth with, that have uh, time on their hands. Yes. Mm-hmm. Idle, uh, yeah. Idle, Idle malignancy. Yes. 
I too have uh, somebody who has a close friend who works there who said there have been at least four of these, a couple we haven't heard about since New really? Year's Eve. Yep. Remember, really? we had the big New Year's Eve one. Yes. We knew about that one yes. and this one, but uh, she told uh, that person close to me that this has happened at least two other times. My word. We just haven't heard about I, it. So. I, uh, you know, we got a car that you put it in D, it goes right out there. To Macy's, well, right? Well, it was Dayton's. Or Dayton's, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Well, and we had the, sadly we had the incident, you know, with the, with the the boy got thrown off the balcony oh, at the Lord. mall a couple of years I, ago. That kid is God. doing well. It's I heard. Awful. He has good. recovered. He, well, good. he's recovering. He's going to have a long it's way a to go. It's a yeah. better way to put it. Yeah. A St. Paul teenager has been arrested and charged with fatally shooting another teen on a downtown Minneapolis light rail platform, according to authorities. Seventeen-year-old Tashawn Powell was charged with intentional second-degree murder. Fifteen-year-old Fred Ulysses Walker of Minneapolis was fatally shot Tuesday afternoon at the Nicollet Mall station that serves the Metro Transit's green and blue lines. Walker was found around 5.30 p.m. with a gunshot wound to the chest. He was pronounced dead at the scene. The shooting happened. We've talked about this. Both folks were heading to the Twins game in the area. According to a juvenile petition, Powell was identified and located after police reviewed Metro Transit surveillance footage. Paolo was arrested, a gun seized. He later admitted to shooting Walker. County Attorney's Office said it would seek to have Powell tried as an adult. And Joe, again, you could have somebody in that area without any problem that you know. Oh, of course. In the meantime, is he out on bail? I would hope not, but uh, I I don't have that information. Pioneer Press reporting Ramsey County has reached a settlement of nearly $1.5 million with correctional officers of color who were initially ordered to stay away from the floor of the Ramsey County Jail where Derek Chauvin was being held. Eight correctional officers filed a lawsuit last year in which they said they were segregated and prevented from doing their jobs solely because of the color of their skin. County commissioners are scheduled to vote on the settlement Tuesday. The county will issue a written statement and apology acknowledging that May 29, 2020 order by the jail's then superintendent was discriminatory and wrong, according to the settlement. Steve Lydon, the Ramsey County Jail superintendent at the time, ordered that all correctional officers of color, including the eight people who filed the lawsuit, not interact with or guard Chauvin, who entered the fifth floor where Chauvin was held. Recognizing that the murder of George Floyd was likely to create particularly acute racialized trauma, Lydon said, I felt I had an immediate duty to protect and support employees who may have been traumatized and may have heightened ongoing trauma by having to deal with Chauvin. He said, with uh, out of care and concern, without the comfort of time, I made the decision to limit exposure. Lydon said jail staff expressed concern about his decision. And within 45 minutes, he says he realized his error and reversed the order. Huh. Senator Krista Kirsten Sinema uh, said she would soon be ready to move forward on that revised version of Senate Democrats' health care climate deficit reduction package. That's the one we were talking about earlier with Dan. Opening the door for party lawmakers to adopt the long-stalled bill as soon as this weekend. Sinema offered her must-have support after Democratic leaders agreed to scale back some of their original tax proposals, capping days of speculation about her public silence and moving her party one step closer to fulfilling a central element of President Biden's economic agenda. In a statement, Sinema said Democrats had agreed to remove a key tax policy targeting wealthy investors that aimed to address what is known as the carried interest loophole. She also signaled they had made additional tweaks to a second provision that imposes a new minimum tax on corporations that currently pay nothing to the U.S. government. 
The latter set of revisions is likely to benefit some manufacturers, according to two people familiar with the matter. Many corporate executives, including Arizona business leaders, had petitioned Cinema to consider the consequences of the tax in recent days. Cinema and Democrat Joe Manchin were the key votes for Dems on the bill. Manchin helped put the package together last week, helping to pave the way for the package, which had been stalled for some time, to move forward. Defying anxiety about a possible recession and raging inflation, America's employers added far more jobs than were expected. 528,000 added last month. It was uh, guessed, uh, guessed. It was estimated that there would only be about half that many added. Unemployment fell to 3.5%, the lowest since the pandemic struck in early 2020. July's job creation was 130,000 more than those produced in June and the most since February. The red-hot jobs numbers from the Labor Department arrive amid a growing consensus that the U.S. economy is losing momentum. I have a question. What is yes, that? Well, that, I was, okay, maybe this is what you were going to ask. Because, you know, we're it's now political season, you know, uh, campaigns are ramping up. And a lot of politicians like to cite the fact that we've created all of these jobs, right? Okay. That's a big, yep. big rally yep. cry that we always hear. Well, if the jobs sure. aren't being filled and the economy stinks, why is that a good thing? Well, you got the degree in accounting. I didn't. Okay. Well, the, the jobs are being filled. Those numbers mean they've been filled. That, okay, that, that, okay, then you answered the my question. The 532 means gotcha. those jobs have been filled. But yeah. are these now jobs that were are brand new, or are these jobs no, that were I, once lost due to COVID? Correct. I think some are. Some, <clears throat> I'm assuming some are coming back after being lost during the pandemic. Because that's yes. what I would think, too. Yeah, anyway. I would assume. So basically, I just asked a question that none of us know the answer to. <laughs> well, you know, that, that'll happen on this show, strangely right. enough. We like to do that. <laughs> former Vice President Dick Cheney called former President Trump a coward and argued that Representative Liz Cheney, his daughter, is fearless as he stars in the latest ad released by his daughter's reelection campaign. The quote from Cheney says, in our nation's 246-year history, there's never been an individual who's a greater threat to our republic than Donald Trump. He tried to steal the last election using lies and violence to keep himself in power after the voters had rejected him. He is a coward. A real man wouldn't lie to his supporters. He lost his election and he lost big. I know it. He knows it. And deep down, I think most Republicans know it. Uh, Cheney, of course, former vice president, he points to Trump's repeated unproven claims that his 2020 election loss to President Biden was due to massive voter fraud. Republican Representative Jackie Walorski of Indiana killed in a car crash Wednesday, along with two of her aides and the driver of another vehicle, according to the Elkhart County Sheriff's Office. In an updated release yesterday, Sheriff Jeff Siegel said the 58-year-old Walorski was in an SUV traveling northbound when it collided with another car just after 12.30 in the afternoon. All three occupants in the vehicle, Walorski, her district, uh, district director, Zachary Potts, and communications director, uh, Emma Thompson all died as a result of their injuries. Potts was driving the Toyota RAV4, according to Siegel, and all occupants were wearing seatbelts. Siegel said the RAV4 crossed into the other lane for reasons that are unknown at this time, causing the collision. Edith Schmucker was the sole person in the other car involved in the crash, a Buick LeSaver. She was pronounced dead at the scene, according to Siegel. And the, the report changed, right? Because initially they had reported that the single... Uh, occupant driver had crossed the center lane, but when in correct. fact it was yep. yeah, it was these people that crossed the center lane. Who the congressperson? Correct. Yeah, they had crossed the congressperson's car crossed. Huh. 
In Ukraine, where there's still a war going on, as we know, there's been heavy shelling in the southern Ukrainian city of Mykolaiv, especially around the port on the Dintprono River, according to Ukrainian officials. I'm sure I messed up both those pronunciations. Most likely. Uh, the affected area, according to the mayor of the area, is very large private houses and high-rise buildings were affected with fires, significant destruction, and victims. Meanwhile, three ships loaded with grain left Ukrainian ports on Friday, days after the first grain-laden vessel left the country since Russia's invasion. They are making the journey as part of a hard-won deal to free more than 20 million tons of Ukraine's desperately needed stores. The ships were granted permission to depart by a joint coordination center in Istanbul, Created by the agreement and staffed by officials from Ukraine, Russia, Turkey, and the U.N., they're carrying a total of about 64,000 tons of corn bound for ports in Britain, Ireland, and Turkey. Uh, the Kremlin said today it is open to talking about a possible prisoner exchange involving American basketball star Brittany Griner, but says they won't do it if Washington publicizes the issue. Griner, a two-time U.S. Olympic champion and eight-time All-Star with the WNBA's Phoenix Mercury, has been detained in Russia since February 17th after police at Moscow's airport said they found vape cartridges containing cannabis oil in her luggage. Uh, she was convicted yesterday, got nine years in prison. People familiar with the U.S. proposal have said it envisions trading Griner and former U.S. Marine Paul Whelan for Russian arms trader Victor Bout. Bout is serving a 25-year sentence in the U.S. after being convicted of conspiracy to kill U.S. citizens and providing aid to a terrorist organization. Uh, Whelan worked as a police officer before he joined the Marines. He served with the Marine Corps Reserve. He held the rank of staff sergeant, but then he was, uh, after a court-martial conviction related to larceny, he received a bad conduct discharge. He was arrested in Moscow in 2018 and accused of spying. Greiner, you're, uh, you are... Uh you're the result of what Putin wants. It had nothing to do with you being in an actual courtroom. Putin is running that show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. At the University of Michigan, a study on food that uh, uh, tells you what foods make your life longer or shorter. Oh, you guys want to know this? Sure. Yeah, you know, well, might be I bet, it's, I bet you're supposed to eat fruits and berries. Well, uh, the, best, the best one, do you like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? No. Oh, I don't either. But they're good for you. They can oh. add 33 minutes to your life for every oh. sandwich like that. You really? really? You I like, like a PB&J. Well, I like peanut butter on toast. How's that I different? don't like peanut butter. I don't, I don't mind peanut concept. butter. I just don't wait, like wait, wait, PB&J. How is that any different? What? Peanut butter on toast is a peanut butter sandwich. Well, yeah, that's kind well, of a breakfast no, thing. No jelly, though. I, mean, I don't have any jam. Oh I don't have God. any jelly. Call me now. Salmon and bananas. You like those? Oh, I do. Uh, well, love it. Each one of those can add 13 and a half minutes when you eat one. I love bananas. So. I love bananas and I love salmon. Uh, tomatoes, which love I love. tomatoes. Yep, they can, I can add eat three them like apples. Unless they're from a farmer's market. Yep. No, I love farmer's yeah. markets, too. No, you got to have them from the farmer's market. They're so fresh. Anyway, yeah. uh, that can add tomatoes can add three and a half minutes to your yeah. life. Avocados? Nope. Nope. Uh, 2.8 minutes. They That's can why I don't like them. Not enough time. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't meet the doesn't, requirement. It's not worth it. It doesn't, doesn't meet it. the threshold, yeah. It's not worth 2.8 uh, minutes. Uh, surprisingly, I tried to do some research on this one, uh, but the story in the uh, study didn't say anything. Uh, surprisingly, French fries, it says, can add a minute and a half to your life if you eat those. Not hmm. enough time. Oh, nope. Yeah. Well, uh, here's the bad foods. The what are the bad foods, minutes. John? 
You ready? Yeah. Uh, you like a good hot dog? Bought twice a year. Yeah, that you can subtract thirty six minutes from your life for, for one all, dog. Well, there for all went, hot dogs. Uh, there went seventy two minutes. Oh boy, minutes. you lost an hour twelve minutes, Joe. Yeah. Uh, bacon, of course. Love bacon. bacon. Yeah, crispy, That's bad, huh? nice and crispy. I don't know the amount, but twenty six minutes. It's that stands, stands to reason. One serving for one piece of bacon. I don't think it's one piece. I'm not sure the amount. Okay. A cheeseburger. You can subtract 8.8 minutes, Ooh. which which means I've probably cut about 10 years off my right. life. Right. Uh, soft drinks, 12.4 minutes. It. Don't drink the pop. Yeah, okay. I don't either. Okay. Never have. So am I going to cool. make it to the end of the show? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Packaged snacks and bread, various reductions in lifespan. It doesn't give it amount of time. And the same for processed meat. Study says depending on the meat and the processing, that causes multiple problems and can huh. subtract Multiple okay, if you go to the life. grocery store and you go to the meat counter, we closed. Meat, we out of meat, <laughs> and there and you want some salami, let's say, to make sandwiches. Yes, sure, yeah. And sure. you and you watch them slice it, and they sometimes give you a piece to taste and sure, the whole deal. Yeah. Is that processed food? That is processed meat. Yes, yes. Huh? Sorry, Joe. <laughs> you like a nice salami? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love salami. I didn't know that was processed. If you're going through the trouble to stand there at the counter and get it while it's sliced right off the deal, that's that's different than the prepackaged well, stuff you'd the, find in an aisle. But it's processed it's, in a factory because if there were a salami animal, then you could get fresh salami. See, otherwise it's always going to be processed. Same with pepperoni, bologna. Uh, same with cold meat. Uh, yeah, bologna. What about Braunschweiger? Jeez. I love Braunschweiger. <laughs> haven't had it for Holy ages. Holy moly. I haven't either. Yeah, Doc, how much it. time I got left? Five. I bet that's bad for Four. you. Four. Three. You know what? Who gives a bleep? Everything's bad that's for you. That's right. Live life. Smoke them and drink them. There's a wonderful uh, Joe Jackson song from the album Night and Day called Everything Gives You Cancer. Well, that's it's, probably it's, true. Yeah. All cool right. Uh, is Patrick going to join us? Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Hey, Jailers Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. I was just telling Joe how great my new system from Connecticut is at my house. And listen, Hofferman is the best. They are an independent water treatment dealer. That's right. They offer sales, service, and rental units for Connecticut water treatment systems. That includes water softeners, iron, rust, and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. Listen, a new system from Connecticut is going to do so many things that other water softeners just simply cannot do. It will cut down on all of your salt usage, but it's also going to protect your appliances. I had bad water in my home, and that's why I called my friends at Hofferman Water, because bad water will affect every aspect of your home. Once you get that system installed, your showers are going to be so much better. But so was your laundry, and not to mention your drinking water. So please get in touch with my friends at Hofferman Water today. I couldn't be more satisfied with my Connecticut system, and I know that you will be too. Give them a call today, 952-894-4040, or just go online and visit HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Please let them know that you heard about them right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. I'm gonna I'm afraid I'm gonna drag up some old ground. Why? Why was Gray removed after five minutes? Because he was terrible and lucky as hell. They gave up he, one hit. He had 
45 balls and 45 strikes halfway through the fifth inning. Right. He was, you know, they were, it was a mercy relief. It's just uh, the, the <laughs> fellas who came in didn't quite tidy her up like they'd hoped. That's were any of the three, any of the new stiffs? Now Pagan isn't, no, and Duffy no, isn't. new no. stiffs. What no, about McGill? No, no, we, he was a, he was a, Waiver pickup. We got we pulled him away from some team, and uh, they like him because he throws hard. And uh, but that doesn't do him any good because he'll when, okay, when check. it really comes down to it, he likes to hang a curveball. Here's a stat for you. We could probably find it. Pagan, McGill, and Duffy each gave up four hits. I'd like okay. to of those twelve hits. I wonder how many of them came on two strikes. Ooh. Well, because a I lot of them actually, did. Yeah, you're right. I, I was not watching. I was listening. I was driving back from Wilmer, and uh, which is another story. But uh, uh, Gladdy and uh, Provis were making a huge deal out of that uh, when uh, you know they, they ended up. Pagan ended up giving up all those two strike hits. Yeah, Gave up were, four hits, I believe, hits. on two strikes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, he was zero two on two or three of those guys. He was zero and then started messing around. That's what I'm saying. Then they start tinkering. Oh, okay. Well, you're 100% right about that. And more so than ever, because if you somehow get to 0-2, they're going to throw three straight breaking balls because all the stats tell them it's right. hard to hit a breaking ball and a fastball. And it's going to be, even if it's 0-2 and you think there's a chance for a quick at bat, it's going to be 3-2. That's right. Yeah, so you're right about that. Yeah, of course I, I am. I was savant. Thought there. I was. <laughs> I was trying to jump into something. See, I got. A, is Kenny still there? No, no Kenny's he's not, not here. He's today. off today. Well, Pat, before you move oh. on, we got rid of Duffy this morning. Yes. What? Oh, Good. Just, really? That hasn't been Good. Yet. I just. I put it on Twitter ten minutes ago. Is that just got announced? Oh wait, so that's uh, a Roycey tweet, not an actual Twins move. <laughs> no, it happened. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, no, it's not satirical. It's true. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't when I send out something satirical, I like to give you at least a small hint that it might be, you know, that it might not be the truth, you know. Because I've been to the Royce School of Fishing on Twitter, so I I know what I'm looking for. Duffy proved not to be the answer, correct? Duffy was a very good reliever here for about three years, a little shaky last year, and the, the fastball that he, you know, he had about three about three years where he was throwing 96, 97. He throws about 92 most of the time, and then his worst mistake is he just hangs too many curve. But he throws a yeah. lot and a lot of curve. I'll see. And uh, one out of every three are where they're not supposed to be. Right. And uh, that's the reason there's been a lot of home runs hit in Major League Baseball. And was hanging mm-hmm. curve, and that did him in. He's really a good guy, one of my favorites. So I... Well, I don't wish him ill, I'm, I, but I, I'm, I'm part of a texting string that was down on Duffy this year. <laughs> well, uh, they, uh, uh, you know, there was a. I kind of defended him early. Thought, okay, he can find it. Then they put him on a DL for a while, and he came back. He threw pretty good for about three weeks, but uh, I don't know. It's just that it's just not there. It's you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't have a good fastball, and he doesn't really have a second pitch except that curveball, which doesn't work always. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, and then they called up Cole Sands just kind of for support in the back. I, they're waiting for the uh, they got a left hander named Moran who they sent out for some reason. And as soon as they can bring him back, they'll bring him back. And they might have the same pitching staff for like a week. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, 
Wow, that'd be that'd be something. Toronto's but got a nice club, Pat. They're leading the majors in batting average. Uh, I think they're two or three in runs scored. Uh, they don't strike out all the time, even with the uh, you know guys swinging as hard as Vlad does. And yeah, yeah lineup wise, yeah, I really like them. And uh, mm-hmm. hey, what more could you ask tonight? Barrios against our new guy. That's true. Yeah. And there will be about another 15,000 Blue Jays fans at the game tonight, <laughs> too. Uh, and, and I guess uh, I guess the secret of really filling the ballpark, in addition to having a Canada team here, is to have a singer I've never heard of uh, uh, deface the field out here in center field, although I'm at the yard and it doesn't look too bad. You know, they were over capacity last night? Yes, they were. 39,020 and capacity is 38,540. Was that because of the singer? Cole uh, Swillwell or whatever his name is? Cole Swindell. Swindell. <laughs> Everybody said that uh, uh, that there was a huge number of Toronto, of uh, Blue Jays, Canadian fans here. If there were that many here on Thursday, uh, there'll be more here tonight because they won't want to be at the Mall of America anyway. We know that. <laughs> That's so true. they come down to the ballpark. No, Joe- By the way... Oh, have there been any reports of what happened downtown Minneapolis when they let twenty the, the remaining 20,000 fans out of Target Field at 11.15? Uh, no, I mean, one uh, what, 12.30, quarter to one? I don't know. Like that. No. The concert lasted until after midnight. Okay. So, uh, and, uh, and they just—they very... did not stop beer sales after the seventh inning. Yeah, well, and everybody says loudest cheer of the evening when they made that announcement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People were extremely <laughs> happy when they, <laughs> they made that announcement. You know, uh, Cole Swindell. Uh, unlike him, my favorite new country song is by Thomas Rhett. Gentlemen, half of me wants a cold beer; the other half wants two. Which is my favorite new country song. That going is a right great now. song title. <laughs> oh my god, that's fantastic! I'm a big country fan, but nothing that's been recorded since George Strait was like the, the he's guy the cutoff. And he went, oh, he was the cutoff, and uh, you know, okay, I could put up with his stuff, but since then. The hell with all of them. Don't like <laughs> you don't like that sipping sixers on the river. No, no, they're all uh, it's uh, it's pop. You know, I, I, no but there are Patrick. I know because I've talked to you about this. You love some of the Stapleton. stuff on Outlaw Country yeah. that's new. You love yeah, that. Stapleton and some of those. Pat, guys. I yeah. got one for yeah. you. I want you to okay. Google this. I'm serious. Orville Peck. <laughs> Okay, P-E-C-K? Yep, Orville Peck. And what's the song? It's something about uh, uh, the Night of the Blind Eye or something, John? Uh, uh, well, there are a million now. of those old guys around. Well, this is not an old guy. This is a very weird guy with oh, yeah. a voice between Elvis Presley and Roy Orbison. He wears a mask. And he wears a mask what? that's a fake wig, a fake beard. He wears a mask. There he is, Orville Peck. Orville I see Peck. him. That yeah. is a, that's a kind of a ZZ Top look, isn't it? It yeah. is. It is. It, it is. is. Scotty, yeah. yeah. Dead of night. Why was Orville Peck canceled, it says on my thing here? Uh, I don't blah, know. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, it was just because of the, and being forced to confront personal demons. I wonder what those are. Where are well, they here? He's he's different. You're you're gonna like that, I think. 
John, do you know what's wrong with him? Mentally I Ill? do not. I've never okay. heard that and he was canceled. Personal, personal confrontations or issues or some damn thing. Oh, issues. Hey, mean, I was going to talk to Kenny uh, last week. We had a motorcycle die. Die, uh, motorcyclist die in those BIR races. Yeah, Kenny had not heard yeah. that, and he was taken aback. I had not seen it until Monday. I didn't see it there until Monday or Tuesday that I kept forgetting to mention. Fifty-two-year-old guy who had been at it for quite a while. Yeah. So. This, yes, uh, this is how this, this is how rumors start. Uh, he had a concert canceled. He wasn't canceled. His concert was. Orville Peck's concert was canceled <laughs> at the Brooklyn oh, Bowl okay. in in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. He he wasn't oh, canceled. Okay. Okay, but then I saw another item that said he has the personal demon. So well, I, he might I, have. Don't, don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? All of us. My most of Minnesota's is Emilio Pagan. He's a he's a <laughs> <laughs> he's a personal he's, demon. He is a personal demon for everybody. I will say, in my defense, I was on him way before anybody else. Yes, you were. <laughs> yes, you were. Yeah. Pat's we bragging about play. being a critic. Right. <laughs> we, we had a save last night, not two nights ago, on seven pitches. Uh, Emilio's second one, in which he got three outs, was 34 pitches, and that's about the difference. You know, <laughs> Emilio screws around even when he gets on the uh, head and the count, and that's what you, Mr. Baseball, detect. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Why were you in Wilmer yesterday, sir? Uh, the Stingers. I, uh, I went out there. They're uh, having a great year. Brooks Lee played there. It's a couple of guys, they run it, mom and pop, man, and they uh, they get a 1,000 people a night there. Really? Uh, yeah. Because my brother-in-law lives just a few miles from that ballpark. I've always wanted to go to a game up there. Did you hear what happened to your Redbirds? I, 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 I did. They qualified. Uh, yeah, but the Stingers, that Nathan kid, uh, Noah, no, Nolan Kemp kid. Yeah. He's now pitching for the Stingers. Oh, boy. They brought him in as a, they brought him, they took him away from the Legion team and the Chanaz and Redbirds. So maybe he'll be back. I don't know if he, if he probably can be back for tournaments or something. Depending so. upon how long their run is, yeah. So Pat went to see a town ball game? Northwoods. No, uh, Northwoods. Northwoods Collegiate League. I see. We, I was looking at pre, pre-professional, we call it now. It's uh, kind of like the Aurora. It's, it's mm-hmm. This is pre-professional. So, and we could win the pre-professional world championship, which our Aurora failed to do, those chokers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patrick, you're at the yard already? I got a couple of things, but then I'm going to have a... Free and easy weekend. Let's say, let's say, yeah. But I'm got to cover tonight's game, man. Barrios and uh, yeah, and Molly and uh, yeah, Tyler Duffy uh, is gone. One of the senior twins and a really good guy. They uh, put him on uh, waivers and he won't go claim. But when uh, once he clears, somebody will sign him cheap. So all right, we'll talk Twins. to you Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. On. Thank you. All right, we'll be back shortly. talking so I can finally play the scramble. If you were just You want to hear more about my family reunion? Nope. Okay. Thank God today is Friday. T G T I Friday. It's the scramble! 
be a great day to get to EcoFun Motorsports, and you're riding all weekend on a shiny, new, colorful electric bike. Nice. Maybe a Bintelli. There's a good selection in stock. New ones are arriving daily. There's two EcoFun locations. The new store in Forest Lake on Highway 97, just almost immediately west of Interstate 35, and a new location in Burnsville on the service road right off 35W, just south of Pawn America. And remember that EcoFun Motorsports is now a USA dealer for Vespa scooters. They're very cool. Classic Moto Guzzi motorcycles, high-end Aprilia motorcycles, all of the smaller scooters that turn every, they're gas-powered, that turn every urban errand into an adventure and all of those uh, great youth recreational equipments. Equipments? No, youth recreational <laughs> equipment. Thank you, Clem. Helmets, apparel, great service, great people. Kalen Bloom is an expert on the correct fit for an electric bike. You will not leave there disappointed. As I say, you could be riding this weekend around the park system in the Twin Cities oh, or, or wherever nice. you are. It's really fun stuff. And there are two locations, Burnsville, that new store on 97 west of 35, and in, did I say Burnsville? I'm sorry, Forest Lake. West of 97 on 35, and the new location in Burnsville. And a great website if you want to check out the inventory and read more about these wonderful products, ecofunmotorsports.com. You didn't show me your photo from last night. You were going to show us. Of what? Well, you were at the Cat Festival at CHS Field. I did not not make it. I did not make it to the Cat Festival. I thought you said you were going to go. No. You think Rookie went? I was just going to ask that. Remember did the one go? year he did? He went to And he room. didn't, he refused to tell us. We found out backhandedly that he that he went. Didn't we have a cat on one time at the fair? We sure did. Yeah. Uh, grumpy, grumpy cat. Grumpy cat. Grumpy cat. Mm-hmm. Yep. That bleeping cat made more than we did. <laughs> Had a manager and everything. The yeah. best was when Rookie handed you the card for yeah. the next upcoming guest, and he went, what? Grumpy How am I cat. supposed to interview a bleeping cat? Right. <laughs> See, I'm going to keep a list, and I admit that it's going to be very macabre. But uh, I, it'll reinforce my belief that our society is so fractured uh, and our culture is so devolved that we're in big trouble. Uh, I'm going to keep a list of reasons people are being killed. We lost a guy the other day, remember, because his washer fluid... Spilled onto the car oh, behind yes. him. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now we lost a McDonald's worker in New York who's now died from a gunshot wound he suffered uh, yesterday or the day before because his French fries were cold. Yeah. I'm going to keep Saw a that. list. I think it's reinforcing of the idea that we've lost our senses. These are, we have, we have uh, uh, sunken to a, such an amoral level that this loss of moral and ethical ethical integrity is extraordinary. Michael Morgan, 20, faces charges of attempted murder and criminal possession of a weapon in relation to the shooting that, that unfolded Monday. I'm sorry, this happened Monday in Brooklyn. NYPD Commissioner Keechant Sewell said in a tweet, Camilla Dunlap, an 18-year-old identified in media reports as the girlfriend of the shooter, also faces two counts of criminal possession of a weapon. I talked to my son with the cops. My son is just saying that he got to do what he got to do, and the victim came after him, and whatever happened, happened. Morgan's mother, Lisa Fulmore, Wait, told the New York huh? Post. In other words, the mother was not really capable of uh, helping her son understand that his amorality cost this McDonald's employee his life. She said mm-hmm. he got to do what he got to do. do. What he got to do? The French fries were cold. 
You've I'm going to keep a list. You've got to be kidding me. No, I'm not kidding. I wish I was. The worker was shot in the neck and ultimately died from those injuries, so now it's a homicide charge. You got it. Wow. So your windshield We're... washer fluid splashes onto the car behind you, you can die. The French fries aren't warm enough, you can die. This is not good. And we're seeing it, by the way, when John mentioned, or when we were discussing, I should say, the Mall of America situation, the immediate downplaying by so many people in relation to both that story and others, it's just, it's it's remarkable. Look where the Star Tribune placed it. Below the fold on Section B. What were you going to say, Johnny? The Morgan fella that you're talking about that shot the person for the cold fries, uh, well, he was being questioned about that. He confessed to killing somebody in October of 2021 also. Oh. So, so we get him for two murders. Well, he was out, huh? He was out on No, no, he was never charged, and they oh. never, he was never arrested. They didn't know who killed the other fella. Hmm. But he confessed to it there just during Well, this is questioning. You know, New York, right? So he'll probably serve at least six, seven minutes in jail. <laughs> Only because they come to us all the way from Umpumalanga. South Africa from the traveling linemen's at Worldwide Waftage on this day. Today is August 5th. In 1851, the Metawankton and Wapakut bands of Dakota sold most of their lands in the southern part of the state when the Treaty of Mendota was signed. Governor Alexander Ramsey and Luke Leah represented the U.S. and Ta Oyate Duta, his red nation, also known as Little Crow, Wakan Ozanan Medicine Bottle, Wakanyan Waste, Good Thunder, Shakopee, Six, and Wabashaw, Red Leaf, signed for the Dakota. Other bands had sold their lands in the Treaty of Traverse de Sioux. On this day in 1945, August 5th, actress Lonnie Anderson was born in St. Paul. Hey. Wow. She achieved fame for her role in the television show WKRP in Cincinnati, and later her divorce from actor Burt Reynolds would prove reams of material. For the tabloids. Yep. She's 77 today. Though. That's right. Oof. Yikes. Is she still, she's still with us, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. she's still with us. I bet she's still attractive. I bet you're right. On this day in 1957, mm-hmm. this is cool, the Cincinnati Reds and the Detroit Tigers played an ex- exhibition game at that brand-new Metropolitan Stadium, Bloomington, drawing a record crowd of 21,783. The Tigers beat the Reds 6-5. to five. Why hmm. were those two teams selected? I don't know. <laughs> okay. And on this day in 2012, Bobby Tufts was elected mayor of Dorset, Minnesota. As symbolic rather than a practical office, he was four years old. Hmm. I, I seem to remember that being in the news. Yep, it this, was. This little four-year-old punk got elected mayor. Hmm. They thought that was funny. punk. Yeah, up in Tufts, well, they thought that was that- funny. Better than a dog. Didn't we have a city that elected a dog here? Oh, oh yeah, we had that, that too. Probably, sure. As uh, as far as Lonnie's looks go, a beauty in the eye of the beholder, but let's just say Lonnie's had some work done. Well, and she's she 77 not, for God's May not sakes. be recognizable. I wonder if, what high school you know. she went to. She was a St. Uh, Paul kid. Was she really? I don't want to end the show yet. I'd like to know where Lonnie Anderson oh, grew up. I looking. bet she went to Central. I'm guessing Central, Anderson. although I'm sure her biographical material might not contain such mundane information. St. Paul, Minnesota. Hey, she was born today. That's right. It was on this day in history. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Chris. August 5th. 
Uh, I can't find a school. Can you, Chris? I cannot. She grew up in a, in Roseville as a senior oh, at Alexander Ramsey Senior High School. Oh, there you in go. In Roseville. She was voted Valentine Queen on the Valentine's Day Winter Formal of 1963. And that looks like... Wow, a, Ramsey would have been pretty much a new high school at that time. Huh. So she was a... Uh, See, see, I can't put her age into context. She's, she's not that much older than me. Yeah, three, four, five years. Who knows? So, so she went to Alexander Ramsey and was a Roseville kid. I'll be danged. I'll and, just be danged. John, do you know this person? I'll in two thousand and eight, May of May seventeenth, two thousand and eight, she married musician Bob Flick, one of the founding members of the folk band The Brothers Four. Well, I know the Brothers Four. I do not know Bob Flick by name. But, yeah, the Brothers Four were very famous in the folk world. Huh. There we go. Is that going to do it? Well, thank you, GLers. Okay. Have a wonderful weekend. <laughs> well, and on that note. Let's hope China doesn't create a uh, Pearl Harbor-style strike on Taipei. Hey, question. How many podcasts in this world can discuss what happened at the Mall of America and where Lonnie Anderson went to high school. Only that's right. one. That's right. Garage logic. Ta- taxes the seat in between. You know? Of Gumption County. And taxes, Roycey. It was a potpourri. I think so. Uh-huh. Hey, uh, GLers, please do us a favor and hit the subscribe button on the Garage Logic YouTube channel. And follow us on our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, also subscribe to the Garage Logic newsletter. Coming soon, garagelogic.com. Da, 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 da.